Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. Pop quiz. Oh, okay. 30 years ago, on May 1st, there were two Major League Baseball records broken. One by Oakland A's outfielder Ricky Henderson and one by Texas Rangers pitcher Nolan Ryan. Do you know what they were? Ricky Henderson was probably stolen bases. That's right. Any guess on what the number was? I want to say like 2,800 or something. It was a lot. It was 939. Ah, it'll still never be touched. Any ideas on Nolan? Oh, golly, that could be a bunch. We'll go with five thousand strikeouts. No, this was his seventh no-hitter. That was going to be my other guess. And he became the oldest player ever to throw a no-hitter. Another record which I can't imagine ever being broken. No, nobody will ever catch that. Pitchers don't pitch that many innings anymore. Nor do I think they pitch into their late 40s or whatever he was at that point. No, it's still a power pitcher. Yeah, but yeah, that was it. 939 bases for Ricky Henderson and Nolan Ryan's seventh no-hitter. Two records will never be touched. Good stuff. Well, I'm going to get into the episode now. All right, we'll talk to you later. All right, we'll see you. All right, bye. From Milieu Media Group, this is 30 Pop, a weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Braun. This is Season 3, Episode 16, Misrememberings and Misleading Endings. Today we're looking back at the week that ended Saturday, May 4th, 1991. Happy Cinco de Cuatro, friends, and welcome to another episode of 30 Pop. While our movie Lowell may continue for another week, we have much to discuss in music, television, and sports from this week in 1991. So, what do you say we get started? We saw a couple changes to our beloved Billboard charts worth mentioning 30 years ago this week, but not with regard to the top album, which remained Mariah Carey's self-titled debut, the number one song in the country, still Amy Grant's Baby Baby, or the top rap single for the second straight week, Daddy's Little Girl by Nicky D. We did see a new number one song on the Hot Country chart, though, in a duet by Dolly Parton and Ricky Van Shelton entitled Rockin' Years. The song was written by Dolly's youngest brother, Floyd Parton, who had also previously contributed to her most impressive catalog by pinning her 1978 hit, Nickels and Dimes. While that song has nothing to do with this week in 1991 pop culture, it does feel worth highlighting, as it was a major success for the then 21-year-old songwriting sibling. 
Within a couple of years of Dolly releasing the song, it had been covered by the also legendary Buck Owens, comedian, actor, and singer George Burns, and a number of international artists, each in their own language. I used to stand on the corner when I was a child Play my guitar and sing as the people went by Sidewalks were crowded, but I just sing louder cause I didn't mind. Spending my time, spinning my rhymes, and singing for nickels and dimes. Nickels and dimes, a song at a time, for nickels and dimes. Yeah, them they are ten ball for speed, I tell For reasons I was unable to find, these were the only two major hits for Floyd Parton. Sadly, he passed away from an unknown illness in 2018 at the age of just 61. The new number one song on the hot R&B and hip-hop chart was I'm Dreamin' by Christopher Williams from the soundtrack for the film New Jack City. I would have never remembered this song, most likely, if it hadn't hit number one this week. But I'm glad I did. I definitely do remember it, although Christopher Williams is an unfortunately unfamiliar name. This guy could sing, and this was exactly the sound that I grew up loving. Williams took a long hiatus from music, though, right around the time I'd have been most enthusiastically exploring this 90s R&B sound. It's no surprise that he was as talented a singer as he was, though. It turns out he's the nephew of vocal legend Ella Fitzgerald and the cousin to fellow R&B star Al B. Schur, who was mentored by Quincy Jones in Penn Jodeci's career-defining hit, Forever My Lady. Although Williams didn't write I'm Dreamin', it's probably safe to assume that he was singing it to his love interest from around that time, the one and only Halle Berry. 
and other music news this week in 1991, as I mentioned at the beginning of last week's episode. On April 30th, the debut album released from Nathan Morris, Michael McCary, Sean Stockman, and Wanye Morris, best known collectively as Boys to Men, the most commercially successful R&B group of all time. The album was entitled Cooley High Harmony, all one word, which I only learned this week is a reference to the 1975 film Cooley High, a film that's set largely at Chicago's Edward G. Cooley Vocational High School and which features a number of Motown classics. Among them, the original version of the song It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday, a stunning a cappella rendition of which Boys to Men will release as a single from this record later in the year. And I'll take me the This album was, and is, incredible. And the influence it had on the direction of my musical taste cannot be overstated. I loved R&B growing up, as you've likely gathered, from my constant referring back to High Five over the last couple months. But this album in particular, the extended version of which I distinctly remember receiving for Christmas in 1991, took that love to new depths. And I would wind up spending much of the rest of the decade listening to little else. Boys to Men, Jodeci, Shy, Silk, Drew Hill, Aaron Hall, Keith Sweat, As Yet, Casey and JoJo, the list is very long. I loved it all so much, and it remains rich with nostalgia for me today. Again, due largely in part to this spectacular album, which went platinum nine times over in the U.S. and probably deserved to sell even more. I am very happy to get to revisit this R&B staple much more in the months to come. Boys to Men is still going strong today, although now as a trio instead of a quartet, as bass, Michael McCary was forced to leave the group behind in 2003 to deal with pretty significant health issues. One fun fact that I only learned this week, despite three full decades of this being one of my very favorite musical acts of all time, Nathan and Wanye Morris are not related at all. Like so many others, I've spent a full three quarters of my life believing they were brothers. I never even questioned it, and had you asked me a week ago, I probably would have sworn I'd seen interviews in which they discussed growing up as brothers. But I'd have been wrong. Feels a bit like when I learned that the Berenstein Bears were actually the Berenstain Bears and had been my entire life. It's called the Mandela Effect, and you should definitely Google it. But that's for a different podcast. More from Boys to Men soon and often. In television news this week in 1991, on May 3rd, the long-running primetime soap opera Dallas aired its special double-length series finale, entitled Conundrum, which, despite the show's steep decline in ratings over its last several seasons, drew a very large viewing audience. People were desperate to know how the story of perhaps America's most beloved villain, J.R. Ewing, would end. But what they got, in classic Dallas form, was another cliffhanger. The series was known for unexpected narrative twists and an ability to sort of write their way out of any corner they may have written themselves into. For example, when they killed off Patrick Duffy's character, Bobby Ewing, in Season 9, they simply opened Season 10 with the revelation that the events of the entire previous season had been nothing more than a nightmare experienced by his wife, Pamela. 
And in the 2012 series revival, it's revealed that the gunshot heard at the close of the series finale, which implied that JR had committed suicide after losing basically everything, was actually just JR shooting a mirror. But in 1991, fans and former fans were pretty obsessed with this finale and likely believed the implied suicide was a fitting end to the life of the monster they'd spent 14 years and 356 episodes despising. In movie news 30 years ago this week, Sylvester Stallone and Marissa Tomei remained at the top of the box office with the John Landis-directed mobster comedy Oscar, which I revealed emphatically last week that I hated. The film's competition this week was the May 1st 50th anniversary theatrical re-release of the cinematic classic Citizen Kane and the May 3rd premieres of A Rage in Harlem starring Robin Givens, Forrest Whitaker, and Gregory Hines, Truly Madly Deeply with Alan Rickman and Juliette Stevenson, and Michael Keaton and Rene Russo in One Good Cop. Artie Lewis is a giving husband. When we got married, I thought... Great. I took it for granted what a miracle it is. A great partner. <laughs> Get off of me. Before you? No, darling. Please, you go. Yeah, come on, come on. A good cop. He told you this was strictly voluntary, right? Yeah, right. He never thought he'd lose his partner. Go! 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 We lost a good man. Okay. Hi, Daddy. Daddy had an accident. He never thought he'd have children. He made me legal guardian of his kids. Means you gotta take care of them. Look out for their welfare. Trust funds, adoption, foster home, the whole bit. We forgot to say goodnight to you, Uncle Artie. Oh. He never thought about being a father. Sorry. I can't imagine feeling any more for a kid of my own than I do for these little girls. What are you hiding? Hmm? Who do you got? What do you got? Now it's his life. You can't keep him here. You can't keep him if Rita's working. All right, we know all that, all right? It's a family he can't afford to keep. Don't worry, Uncle Artie. But can't bear to lose. We gonna let him take our girls away, Artie? Now he's torn between the corruption he sees. You know, Felix, you figure that little hump. Clifford Ricks is making, what, 80 Gs a month? And the love he's discovered. You've been all my life. Between the injustice he feels. Yeah, he's fair, some low-life dirtbag. Has millions of dollars when other people can't put a roof over their heads. And the dreams he has. They are not give kids to people who can't support him. Hollywood Pictures presents Michael Keaton. What are you going to do, man? I don't know yet. In this world of crime and temptation. Mira, it wants to go to you. No, it's okay. It's all right. How does he remain one good cop? This movie proved to be very problematic for most critics. While they conceded that it was cleverly produced in general, overwhelmingly they pointed out the disgust they felt with its premise and resolution. I don't know that these could be considered spoilers, as I've never actually seen the movie, but in short, Michael Keaton plays a detective who adopts his partner's children when he's killed in the line of duty. And in order to ensure their needs are fully met, he apparently resorts to robbing and cheating and killing others, and going unpunished. Oh, the commentary that could be made about the American idea of what makes a good cop and how unfortunately resonant the ugliest parts of this narrative remain today in real life. But I'll keep the show light and just leave you with my inferences. Before I go, though, a quick happy birthday to the now 30-year-old rapper and Houston native, Jock Berman Webster II, better known as Travis Scott. Happy birthday, Jock. Speaking of rap, friends, that's a wrap for today. Thank you, as always, for showing up to remember together the years that made us who we are. I'll be back next week with more. 
you are all, of course, invited. Until then, obviously, I'll take with me the memories to be my sunshine after the rain. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Braun. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Mill U Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 30 years ago that you want to share, leave a message on the answering machine at 30pop.com. 